In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the first Sunday of the Great Lent, and today the Gospel is from Matthew chapter 6, which is part of the Lord's famous Sermon on the Mount. And this week of Lent is called... Treasure Sunday, because the Lord said, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And the gospel of today is asking us, where is our treasure? What is our treasure? What is it that is most important to you? What is it that you value most in your life? Is God your top priority in our life? Is our relationship with God something we think about? Or is our relationship with God just something that we think about for the, the hour that we come to church on Sunday. We don't want to be Sunday Christians, just Sunday Christians. Sunday Christians are Christians that think about their relationship with God just during maybe the liturgy or just during the service. The rest of their week, there's no personal prayer time, no personal Bible time. Because we have other priorities during the week. My work, my school, my shows, my TikTok, my Sharfir. The Gospel of Matins this morning, or, yeah, this morning, was from Matthew chapter 7. And in this Gospel, our Lord, He addressed the Sunday Christians. The Lord, He said about Judgment Day, Many will say to me, Lord, Lord, have we not attended church every day or every week on Sunday? And the Lord will say to them, Depart from me, for I never knew you. You who practice lawlessness. These people, they only had a superficial relationship with the Lord. The Lord was never really their top priority in life. Our Lord in the Gospel of today, He said at the very end, But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and then everything shall be added to you. This needs to be our top priority. Everything we do should be for the kingdom of God. Everything we do for the kingdom of God. Our friends, our friends should bring us to the kingdom of God, not take us away from the kingdom of God. Our work, our jobs should bring us to the kingdom of God, not take us away from the kingdom of God. The point of your job, the point of all the labor that you do, is not so that you can become a slave of the dollar. The point of work is to keep us away from sin, so that we don't be idle all day. The point of work is to glorify God in whatever you are doing, whether that's cleaning, whether that's taxes, whether that's being a doctor, whether that's everything. The point of work is to glorify God in anything that you do, because our treasure is to be with the Lord. Our treasure is to be with the Lord. Our treasure is our faith. Our treasure is the gift of the Holy Spirit working in us. These are the treasures that should occupy our thoughts, our minds. These are the treasures that we should receive the most, that should receive most of our attention. These are the treasures that we should live for. These are the treasures that we should die for. The problem in Christian life is that unfortunately, we treasure a lot of other things. We treasure a lot of earthly things. We value things that are meaningless. We put our trust in things that are temporary. And we don't have faith in God or the promises of God. And because of all this, 
Because we've put our faith in temporary things, we have become anxious people. We've become anxious people. People full of worries. People full about distress. And people full, like, full of distress about the challenges we face. And that's why today I want to talk to you about our worries. Because at the beginning of Great Lent, the church wants to say, focus on this treasure. Eliminate your worries. Eliminate your worries. In the Sermon on the Mount, the Lord, He repeated this phrase three times. Three times. He said, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. He said again, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or what you will drink, nor about the body or what you will put on. And again, he said the same words in a different way. Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? Because worrying is a big, 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 big sin. It's a big sin. It's a grievous sin. And in the same way worrying is a sin, is the same way gluttony is a sin. Even though we have to eat to live, overeating is a sin. Some level of worry, some level of concern in life is normal. But over-worrying is a grievous, grievous sin. Because worry is distrusting in the promises and the providence of God. I was looking up some nice definitions of worry, and these were very beautiful. Focus with me on some of these. Worry is faith in the negative. Worry is faith in the negative. It is trust in the unpleasant assurance of disaster and belief in defeat. That's what worry is. Another description of worry said, Worry is wasting today's time. I like this one. Focus on this one. Worry is wasting today's time to clutter up tomorrow's opportunities with yesterday's troubles. Did you guys get that? Worry is wasting today's time to clutter up tomorrow's opportunities with yesterday's troubles. That's why worrying is such a grievous sin and a sin that we need to repent from during this time of fasting and during this great time of Lent. I want to begin by looking at three causes of worry in our life. And then, maybe at the end, four methods to help us overcome anxiety. The first cause of worry in our life, first cause of worry in our life, is the divided mind. The divided mind. This point was actually inspired by the Greek word that is used, uh, that means worry. The etymology for the Greek word, which means worry, means to be drawn in opposite directions. It means to be divided into parts. And so, an anxious mind is a divided mind. A divided mind is one that struggles to make decisions in life because the mind is not sure about which road to travel. Should I go this way? Should I go this way? I don't know what to do here. I don't know what to do. Should I make this commitment? I don't know. I can't make this. I don't know. Divided mind leads to anxiety. 
And life is a series of forks in the road. And these forks come very frequently. And because life is then a series of choices, the anxious person, he freezes. The the anxious person freezes because they're worried that if they choose one road, they will miss out on another road. So they're living in a state of regret even in the present. They're living in a state of regret even in the present. Even before they make the decision. And that's why a divided mind, it lacks clarity. A divided mind, it lacks a single purpose. A divided mind values too many things. It wants everything. And because it wants everything, it can't choose between anything. That's why, if you remember when the Lord, he was visiting Mary and Martha. Mary was sitting at the feet of the Lord. But Martha was distracted with a bunch of other things. And do you remember what the Lord told her? The Lord told her, Martha, Martha, you are... Martha, Martha, you are... Worried and troubled about many things, many things. But one thing is needed, just one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. That's the divided mind is the cause, the first cause of worry in our life. Another cause of worry in our life is sin. Sin. The life of righteousness A righteous life leads to peace. Someone who does good and does well is at peace, is not worried. Someone who sins and in the life of sin becomes very, very worried. Meselan, someone who is honest in their taxes, will they be worried if they get audited? No, they won't be worried. But someone who is a little... cutting a few corners here in their taxes, not so honest, then they will be a little bit worried if they get audited. They'll become a little worried when they get audited. And that's why even someone who's always lying, someone who's always gossiping, they're always worried that they are going to be exposed. But if you don't gossip, if you don't lie, if you always tell the truth, you have nothing to to fear. Actually, that's why in the Pauline epistle today, St. Paul, he was telling the Romans to be good citizens. And he was saying that as good citizens, you should pay taxes, you should live in peace. He said you shouldn't be scared or worried even if the the rulers are evil. You know, like St. Paul, he says, he is God's minister for you to good, for good. St. Paul, he's speaking about the ruler. And who was the ruler at the time of the Romans? Was it a good ruler? Was it someone that was friends with St. Paul? Is it someone like St. Paul would go and have coffee with? And, and St. Paul saying, he's a God's minister. No, this ruler is the one that beheaded him and slaughtered Christians left and right. And yet St. Paul is saying, he's God's minister. And he's saying, be good. He says, if you're good, you have nothing to, to fear. You have nothing to fear. Also, another interesting point that like inspired this, uh, this point was the story of Daniel in the lion's den. You know the story of Daniel in the lion's den? King, Ser- King Darius, the, story of the background story is King Darius, he signed a dumb law. 
He signed a very dumb law that said no one should worship any god or god for 30 days. Daniel, he doesn't care about laws. He does what is. He does what is right. And so for 70 years, he would open his window and pray toward Jerusalem. For 70 years. And now this king makes a dumb rule. He's not going to follow. He follows. He's right. And so Daniel is right. And he stands up and he prays. And then the other counselors come and said, Hey, come get this man. He's disobeying the law. They threw him in the lion's den. The irony of the story is that when you read about King Darius... How he spent that night. Do you know how he spent the night after he put Daniel in the lion's den? How? Worrying. Worrying. It said he couldn't sleep. It says the king returned to the palace and spent a sleepless night without food. And at dawn, the king got up and hurried to the pit. And we got there, he was so anxious. And the amazing thing is, Daniel, how did Daniel spend the night? In the lion's den. And Daniel's chilling. He's with lions and he's calm because Daniel is right. He behaved right. The one who does sin is always worried. And this is the irony is that sin promises to take away our worry, but all it does is build our worry. Sin is not the relief of worry, it is the cause of worry. And when we sin, we feel guilty, we feel dirty. And sin actually, sin. The only thing that you're allowed to worry about in this life is to worry about sin. That's it. You can't worry about anything else. Because sin should make us worry so that we should repent. That we should repent. Because repentance takes away my sin and it can take away my worry. I was thinking, if you could bottle the power of repentance, if you could put it in a pill, this would be the number one blockbuster drug of all time because it takes away sin and it takes away anxiety. It takes away... Everybody would be, give me that pill. I want this pill. So we need to come and approach repentance and confession. This is the solution to much of our anxiety. Lent is also a great time to experience these potent, the potent power of repentance and to be away from sin. The third and final cause of worry is the fear of future, the fear of the future. An anxious person always wants to be in control. And because things that are uncertain or things that are unknown are very frightening. And so the anxious person forgets that God is always present with us. So that we don't need to be anxious for anything. Because he will provide for us as he provides for the, the birds. He provides for the birds. The birds. The birds, they don't have storehouses. They don't have saving accounts. They don't have a way to store or shelter. But God provides for them. And so the Lord says, if God provides for the birds, why won't he provide for you? You don't need to worry about your future. That's why the scripture has many, many verses about this. It says, if God is with us or for us, who could be? Against us, no worries. Yeah, The scripture says, my peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives. Do I give to you? Let not your 
your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You have no reason to, to worry. In the Gospel of the Vespers last night, it said, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it shall be opened to you. Everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and he who knocks shall it be opened. Now, how can someone be worried after you read this promise of God? The Lord is saying, I am a loving father. I know how to give good gifts to my children. So now you don't need to worry about anything. Yanni, one of my favorite expressions is the expressions, no worries, no worries, no worries. And actually, in 1994, Disney released one of its most iconic films of all time, Lion King. And one of the famous songs in Lion King is... Oh, now into Sahin, huh? Is Akuna Matata. It means no worries for the rest of your days. It's a problem-free philosophy. But there's a problem with Akuna Matata. There's a problem with Akuna Matata. The solution that Akuna Matata provides is to turn inward. To seek one's own ideal life. To forget all the problems around you. Even if they affect you directly. And actually the Lord, He said Akuna Matata three times in the Gospel of today. Do not worry, do not worry, do not worry. But the way He said it is very different from the way it's said in Lion King. The Christian doesn't run from his problems. Doesn't run from his problems. Or because he's scared or worried and so he just no worries and he runs from his problems. The Christian's not scared of the future. The Christian turns to Christ in the midst of his problems. And because Christ is with him in the midst of his problems, then he can say, Akuna Matata. No worries. Then he can say, no worries. Christians are willing to embrace the struggles and difficulties in this life. No one's saying that you're not going to have problems or that you're not going to, you're going to have them. The, the, the thing that Christ offers is that you don't have to have worry in the midst of those problems. That's why I love the, the verse that we always say, Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them, delivers him out of them all. We don't fear the future because the Lord is with us. The Lord is with us. To help us overcome anxiety, to overcome anxiety, I want us to remember the acronym CALM. You need to be CALM. Anyone who gets anxious needs to stay Calm. Huh? Stay calm. Calm. See. Celebrate. They need to celebrate. Life of thanksgiving in all conditions. Life of thanksgiving. When you think about all the things that God has done for you, this should take away anxiety. That's why in the gospel of today, our Lord he, in Jesus Christ, He said, Which of you by worrying can add one cubit? To his stature. You can worry all you want. And you can think about all the stuff and worry, 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 worry. But it won't change anything. So it's better to just be calm. To be thankful. To celebrate. 
celebrate. The C is for celebrate. To enjoy the moment. Remember the, the one of the definitions for worry that I told you? Is wasting to dot today's time, cluttering, is wasting today's time to clutter up tomorrow's opportunities with yesterday's troubles. So enjoy the moment. Many people who are so anxious, they can't enjoy the moment they're in because they're always thinking about everything else. Enjoy the moment that you're in. Celebrate. The second one is A. Ask the Lord. Ask the Lord. Stay calm. Celebrate and ask the Lord. Because He's willing to help. That's why St. Paul, he says in Philippians, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. If you're worried about something, ask God and He will provide. L. Leave it to God. Leave it to God. The irony is the anxious person, he wants to have everything under his control. But to be calm, you need to leave the issue to God. You need to leave it to God. Just like we've used this example before, when you take your car to the mechanic, you don't sit and babysit the car. You leave it, the mechanic works on it, he takes care of it, and he fixes it, and he brings the car back to you, nice and, and repaired, God hopefully, you know, most of the time. Yeah. And takes a lot of money. But that's not here or there. So, but you leave it. Leave the problem. Leave the problem with God. M... Meditate on the Word of God. Anxious people, they need a plan. So, focus on the Word of God. The Word of God will give you peace. It gives you the plan. It gives you the hope. It gives you all the courage. So, this should make everyone feel, feel at ease and feel at peace. Like one of the Psalms, it says, For princes sat and spoke against me, so everyone is scheming against me. The princes, and the, they spoke against me, but it says, but your servant was meditating on your ordinances. So even though there's so many things going crazy around you, meditate on the word of God and you will find peace. I hope today as we start Lent, we should have no worries. We should have no worries. We shouldn't have worries, and, and we, talk, we talked about the causes, three causes, the divided mind, the sinful mind. All of these things, put them away, and stay calm, stay calm. And glory be to God forever. Amen. Yeah.